You're listening to Nightmare on Film Street. The current time is 6.66. Traffic is clear ahead from here to the afterlife. But it's hell outside. For the next hour, you're on Nightmare Time. So, let's give a grave welcome to our hosts, John and Kim. Hello again, fiends, and welcome to Nightmare on Film Street. Horror for the casually obsessed. I'm Kim. I'm John. And we are tuning back in to Channel 666 uh, with our second made-for-TV horror movie of the double feature. That's right, baby. We're talking about the Midnight Hour, starring Wolfman Jack. That was really good. I've uh, I've been a Wolfman of J- uh, Wolfman Jack. Obsessive. I've been a Wolfman for some time yeah, now. <laughs> you know, uh, well, I, I grew up with the hilarious House of Frankenstein, and Wolfman Jack was like a staple in there. So I've been doing that voice forever, baby. Yeah. I I think this might actually be the first time we've done a like a movie that features Wolfman Jack on the podcast. Maybe. I'm sure he's Maybe I'm incorrect. He's probably made an appearance somewhere else. I'm just thinking cuz we're going to play the trailer in a little bit and I don't know if you guys know this. Maybe you have because you just heard it uh, a few seconds ago, but our voice actor who did the introduction and the outro for us, we had him do it in the style of Wolfman Jack. We wanted it to be like a radio program that you turned on to and and Wolfman is the VJ or the DJ. Yeah, I think our prompt was like, Wolfman Jack, if he was a zombie cowboy, was I think the just the prompt we gave him. We were like, we'd never met this guy before. We we're like, I hope he gets this. And he nailed it out of the park. No notes. <laughs> no notes. But Midnight Hour, inadvertently, maybe one of the best ringing in the Halloween season movies. Like, I think we watched the trailer. We were looking at a, a bunch of different made-for-TV horror movies. Uh, I think I've mentioned it before that I'm a big fan of uh, When a Stranger Calls Back, but it just didn't seem like the right vibe. Not well, the we right... were going for specifically a Halloween vibe. We yeah. had uh, Dark Knight of the Scarecrow, mm-hmm. and we wanted to pair it with something that would be appropriate for the season, and I think we made such a good pick. Oh my god, just seeing the trailer on YouTube was like, oh, this looks like it might be fun. At the very least, it's Halloween. I don't understand why this isn't a staple of uh, every horror fan's Halloween watch list. Like, if you're putting together your 31 days of Halloween, you gotta include Midnight Hour. And like before I start adding more adjectives and comparisons, let's just get into three good things. Let's do it. What are what are our three good things about the Midnight Hour? Firstly, I'm going to go with the soundtrack of the movie. There are a ton of Halloween bangers. Yeah, this soundtrack alone would be your Halloween playlist, right? It is our Halloween playlist, <laughs> pretty much. And it also, but it also has kind of there's like these two competing storylines there's like the halloween night it's a halloween party but then there's also this 50s ghost story so we also have like some crooner bebops yes and i just really enjoyed it yeah it's it's a movie that's driven by its soundtrack it's like an american graffiti but for ghouls uh, which is funny because I think Wolfman Jack is also the voice on the radio in American Graffiti. So that had to be 100% what they were going for. Number two, it's got everything you're looking for in a Halloween movie. It's like Paranorman and Hocus Pocus 
and Night of the Creeps just sort of all put into a blender and whipped out for a made-for-TV horror movie. Honestly, this movie is Hocus Pocus. I would not be surprised if Mick Garris, who wrote Hocus Pocus, had seen this just ahead of writing for Hocus Pocus because it's like a bunch of teens break into a witch's museum and get her old shit. In not Salem, Massachusetts. (laughs) But still New England. (laughs) Yes. Uh, And then... You know, one, two, skip a few, they wake her up, and she freaks vengeance on the town. And not only that, you have you have witches, you have vampires, you got zombies, you got ghosts. Like, every monster that you would expect to see at a Halloween party is here in this movie, re- in real life, and also attending a Halloween party. Is that your point three? Because I think that should be point three. All right, I think that's it. I think that's just like a whole monster mash of monsters. This is 100% a monster mash and like a monster bash, if I can be perfectly honest. They all get down. You want to see a zombie get busy with another zombie at a party where humans are also making out on the same couch? This movie is so much fun. You can watch it for free on YouTube. Or on ABC in 1985. That's very true. Yeah, this was a made-for-TV movie for ABC. It had to be the Saturday night movie uh, closest to Halloween night. And it is just so goddamn much fun. I think you guys are going to love it. But if you haven't had enough Wolfman John, here's Wolfman Jack with the trailer (laughs) for Midnight Hour. Spirits of darkness, I command you to rise from your graves. I implore your release from eternal torment. Tonight's the night. Demons, arise. Arise. Halloween night. Look out, it's the midnight hour, baby! Devil is going on here. Lucinda brought a terrible curse on the town. The time is right. All the legendary demons of hell were loosed. And the spirits are restless. Everyone who dies this night will walk again. The ancient demons will rise tonight. And all who are touched by evil will become evil forever. To share their wrath. The dead are coming back to life, and some of the dead are out to kill. I don't like the sound of this. And claim their victims. Don't come another step closer! You can't beat us. Sherry Belafonte Harper. Kevin McCarthy. LeVar Burton. Midnight Hour. We have to end this. We gotta do it all by midnight. If they wait, there'll be nobody else around. Happy Halloween. Yeah, that's right, Cool Creeps Midnight Hour currently sitting at a 6.4 out of 10 on IMDb, 70% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a cool, cool 3.3 out of 5 on Letterboxd. <laughs> that was a audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes, by the way, because once again, critics don't give a fuck about made-for-TV movies. They're not for critics. <laughs> you know what's crazy, though, is looking through the Wikipedia, th- there were some critics that had reviewed the movie, nothing that shows up on Letterboxd, but... Every pull quote on the Wikipedia page for this movie it calls it trash. Like they're just like, oh, this is this is dumb. Doesn't know whether or not to be funny or scary. It's just it's a rinse and repeat of ideas that we've seen before. For, in 1985, they could not be more, even in some like modern retrospectives. Like people revisiting the movie are like, yeah, you know, it's okay, I guess. If you're looking for something off the beaten path, they could not be more wrong. This movie is pure fun. Okay, well, I'm going to 
maybe break your heart a little bit. You didn't like this movie? No, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie, but it, it does not do anything for an hour and a half. There's no story. No. Yeah. Why? <laughs> it's like the last 20 minutes. They're like, oh, we better fucking wrap this party up. Let's uh, make up some plot. There's there's tons of plot. There's no plot. A whole bunch of kids decide that they want to have a Halloween that they'll never forget. They okay, raise okay, the- okay. They're like, do you have a costume tonight? I'm like, I don't have a costume. Let's go break into the witch museum <laughs> and wear your great, great, great grandmother, who was a witch, uh, her dress, and yeah. then my witch finder grandpa- Yes. Uh, we're going to wear his weird pilgrim hat. What an odd choice, right? To to be living in not Salem, Salem, Massachusetts, and then dress up as the horrible family members that you had in the past. <laughs> like, hey, let's dress up as all the people that burns people at the stake. Like, they're, they're all addressing the darkness. I mean, that's kind of what Thanksgiving is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, anyway, they, they, they break into a museum, they steal the costumes, like the actual clothing of their ancestors. And then some weird old trunk they find. Yeah. Yeah, has a, a scroll. Like, These will be great decorations for the party because clearly I haven't planned ahead at all. But on the way to the party, let's stop off at a graveyard, read the scroll, summon the the spooky. I like that they're like, demons. where should we go next? <laughs> like the graveyard. It's it all just does kind of seem like excuses to get them in the car to listen to music. There are so many scenes in this movie where parents are mad about their kids leaving the radio on. Like it, it, they take every opportunity to get as much Wolfman Jack and as much music in this movie as they can. There are scenes where characters are talking and the music is so loud you can't. I could I could not understand what they were saying. And most of the time it's the song the midnight hour. Like then the midnight yeah, you got away for the midnight hour. Like eight times in this movie. I was surprised it wasn't playing not over enough. the credits of this not movie. Not enough. Okay, Kim really likes it. I, also Kim, I love the, I love a song title movie. The only person who's also jumping on the couch, two fists with pumpkins in the air, screaming every time she hears CCR. <laughs> <laughs> It's a bad moon rising. Wow. Also, maybe, maybe my, maybe my enjoyment of this movie was amplified by the fact that we pre-gamed it by putting all of our Halloween decorations up over the house, and we had every battery-operated light on. Oh man, the house was so creaky. Just like, hearing everything <laughs> like. I had strobe lights all over the place. Like, we probably have bad vision now for trying to focus on a movie while there were strobe lights in the background. Uh But uh, I I just really felt the vibe. I had to get up and turn off all the sensor things we had. You know, like you walk by something or you make a loud noise and all of a sudden there's like thunder and lightning goes off. Like it was just every time somebody screamed in the movie, everything in the house would turn on. It was just it was a cacophony of noise. I loved it. Oh no, it was great. Yeah. And I'm I'm looking forward to living in it for the next two months. It's gonna be a lot of fun. But that's it that's that's what I'm getting at. Like last year we had a blast watching The Munsters and The Curse of Bridge Hollow because we watched we waited until Halloween day and it was just, you know, like the crisp air, the leaves everywhere. We'd carved pumpkins. Like that was the perfect mindset to put yourself in for those kooky movies. And I feel like that's exactly the same with Midnight Hour. Like if you're looking to have the like the feeling of Halloween. This is the kind of movie you want to watch. Yeah, like you're look. You want to watch a Goosebumps Halloween special. Yeah. Like, 
And that's the whole thing about Halloween as an adult, especially as an adult who uh, loves Halloween, is you're trying to evoke those emotions you had when you were like 11, 10 years old Mm -hmm. and how magical Halloween was. Like if it landed on a school day, you got to wear your costume to school. I don't know if you guys did the parade where like you would walk around the block in your costumes. Around the block? Like the neighborhood? Yeah, we walked around the block. Oh, we just like, it's kind of like in the gymnasium or like through the halls. And then the afternoon was a fucking write off because you had a party. It's like the weirdest fashion parade for kids. (laughs) Right, we're just like check out my gauze and my fake blood. Woo! -woo. (laughs) Everybody's doing the runway, but everybody looks like they're undead. I love it. I may have told this on the podcast before, but in kindergarten, you got to walk with your grade eight reading buddy. Oh, I think I've told you the story. And my my reading buddy was the coolest fucking reading buddy. Okay, she was like this goth girl who had like really long hair, and Uh everybody was like, "Kim, your reading buddy's a witch. Your reading buddy's witch." Oh, this is great. And she's so creepy, and like, and I was like, I love her. She's my favorite human being you ever. gotta find her on facebook and then on halloween she dressed as a motherfucking witch yeah and she was just like classic like black hat black dress like no frills just like you know yeah i'm just a witch yeah and i got to walk like around the block with her and i felt so fucking cool yeah that's great i felt so fucking cool do you remember what your <laughs> costume was that year oh i have no idea no, Not, I mean, nothing just, as cool as just her. like a witch hanging out with like a little like aerial <laughs> mermaid thing <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Hair all fucking crazy, lipstick smeared all over your mouth. You're just like, I'm a princess. <laughs> I've definitely told this story, but I was obsessed with this kangaroo costume that I had. Yeah. Uh, I think they got it when I was like three. Like it was a toddler costume. It was mm-hmm. one of those like fuzzy costumes that like was just a onesie. Yes. And but- I insisted on wearing it every year and I was much too big for it. And That's it great. just got shorter and shorter and shorter. Eventually just like <laughs> you were wearing a fucking paper bag. <laughs> it was like, you know, like aristocratic pantaloons that ended at like the <laughs> knee and I had to wear leggings underneath. Yeah, because it's Canada. I just refused to wear another costume. That's great. Finally, my mom had to give it away so I wouldn't insist on being a kangaroo again. Surely you were wearing that costume with the witch. I love that. Yeah, but that was... um. I think that was the beginning of the end for Halloween obsession with me. Like, it just started. Like, it was just the like... The beginning of the end? Oh, like, you mean, like, the end of you caring about anything else? Exactly. <laughs> okay, got it. <laughs> yeah, no, like, that that tone is hard to nail in a, in a Halloween movie. Like, there are plenty of horror movies that are set on Halloween, but, like, the vibe of Halloween as a kid and, like, what you're chasing as an adult is spooky but fun like it has to be it has to be kooky and playful but it has to have just like a a hint of danger to it right like because as a kid you're still you are having a ball hanging out with all your friends checking out all these decorations but there is a small piece of you in the back of your mind that you're trying to forget that is also a little scared of what's going on Right. When you don't quite necessarily understand it entirely. Wasn't it always weird that it was just like, yeah, today's a day where we're, we're all cool about dead things. And you're like, yeah. you guys are cool about dead things now? I, I thought it was just me. <laughs> I Oh, this thing we never talk about, we all want to also kind of not talk about, but explore today. Oh, so now we fuck with ghosts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also I think something so cool about Halloween is that it always happens at the end of the day. It happens at night. Yeah. And as a kid, all you ever want to do is like after school, you're like, mom, let's go to the store. And she's like, no, I'm fucking tired. I don't want to do that. I've been working all day. Like, bah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. N- nighttime was always a winding down thing. Mm-hmm. But 
Halloween is like the opposite of Christmas. Like Christmas after the morning happens, you're it, like it's all a come down from the morning. Yes. And Halloween is the exact opposite. Like you get ramped up at school. You get ramped up when you get home. You're shoveling pizza in your mouth before it gets dark because you got to get your costume on. Like nighttime is when Halloween begins. The freaks come out at night. Do 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 do. Right. Yeah. No, that's so true. Like yeah, there is nothing else except like going to midnight mass <laughs> on Christmas. Eve, where there's a, like a whole nighttime experience as a kid. I think that's why, like as a kid, I loved uh, New Year's Eve. But like New Year's Eve is boring. Like there is nothing to do on New Year's Eve. It's kind of just like a get drunk night. But as a kid, you're like, we get to stay up, and there's stuff on TV, appetizers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Halloween's the fucking best, and. I love any movie that can encapsulate. I like that you keep trying to bring it back. I'm just gonna uh, yep. keep telling <laughs> that's, Halloween that's stories. My job this week. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm just trying to talk about the movie that we're here to talk about. We're talking about nostalgia. I'm allowed. Sure, it, but don't you think they crystallize that nostalgia? In the hour? <laughs> <laughs> don't you think they nail that a little bit? And like maybe maybe it's just because it's 1985 and we don't have the corporatization of Halloween and like we aren't all. Just buying costumes at Spirit and stuff. But, like, don't you love that everybody's costume is handmade to a degree? Like, yeah, maybe they bought a few accessories here and there, but everything looks unique because it's all it's all made by that person yeah and like you're not going out and every single person is barbie every every single person is no, wednesday from year. the dance scene <laughs> yes there's a toaster <laughs> yeah some yeah that's, there's just like some really junky costumes lavar burton reading rainbow star trek man himself is in this movie with the shittiest mummy costume i've ever seen in my life but he made it himself and we give him a gold star he just wrapped some bandages around his his waist a little bit around his head and then for for some bizarre reason, decided I'm gonna put ketchup and mustard all over. It was an egg. It was ketchup oh, it was and a ketchup an egg. And an egg. Ugh. Yeah, no, I don't like that. The ketchup's a good idea. I don't think the mummy needs to be bloody, but it's no. Halloween. Let's go for yep. it. <laughs> <laughs> this movie's got a killer cast, right? Does it? Some of the cast <laughs> in this movie is great, right? The, the the lead. I'm not even gonna say she's not the lead. Like the lead of this movie is a kid named Phil who dresses as like sort of a disco Dracula. He's leading the group. He's the one who gives a big old uh, presentation to the class about. Halloween. About Halloween and who all their parents are. Uh, and I, I guess he gets an A plus for it. I don't know. He's the one that sort of leads the charge on them getting their, stealing their costumes from the museum. And he's the one who's we're following in that B plot you're talking about where he sort of meets this cheerleader ghost that he doesn't realize is a ghost. He just thinks it's this girl who's taken a fancy to him who uses all these cool, nifty old words. Uh, but like the real lead of this movie is Sherry Belafonte, right? Yes. Absolutely. And we didn't yeah. we didn't know who she was until after there is a fucking musical number in this movie that completely just won me over. Yeah. Like I was like, I have no idea what's going on in this movie. I'm loving the vibes. And then there was a musical number and I was like, hello, my new favorite movie. Yeah. It's uh, just like a full ass Halloween style music video in the middle of this movie where everybody gets possessed, everybody turns into a monster, and they are ready to dance. <laughs> I mean, which is, like, what else are you going to do on Halloween if you're a monster? Yeah. I mean, they've already converted everybody at the party, so why not party now? Yeah. <laughs> why not Why not party down? Yeah, a lot of, lot of complaints that this was just a thriller ripoff. Uh, it is kind of a thriller ripoff. So? For kids. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. And an hour and a half. Piranha is a Jaws ripoff, and it's great. Friday 13th is a fucking Halloween ripoff, and it's 
fantastic. Right? Some of the best stuff we have has been stolen from other stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, Sherry Belafonte is leading that song. Uh, And throughout the whole movie, too, we're just like, this girl's got star power. She's so fucking cool. As soon as she becomes that uh, vampire, which is weird because so her grandma is like the witch that they burned and she comes back because they read that spell thing in the graveyard. But instead of being a witch, she's She's a a vampire. vampire. (laughs) Yeah, she has witch energy. And like it seems like she's leading the charge. After the kids read this, uh, you know, scroll at the graveyard that's like it, yo dad wake up yeah and then they're like oh i guess nothing happened let's let's just let's all shrug and walk away from these poorly placed uh fog machines and head <laughs> back to our party all the dead rise from the grave her lucinda first which is sherry belafonte's her, her character's name is Mel- melissa uh melissa's grandmother it seems like she's the one that's commanding the dead to rise right she sort of lords over everybody maybe it's just because she's the only one that is that doesn't have like body parts falling off off of her like she looks pretty clean cut nice ready to roll could yeah, blend I, into the rest of the party i think they said it's her curse like so she is the reason why right. this curse even exists yeah i don't know why it was on the witch finders scroll did the witch was the witch finder just like recording her curse we're not supposed to look for answers here kim we're just chasing uh, we're just chasing emotion you know okay. yeah <laughs> and then they're like okay dead wake up and like avenge your deaths and eat the living and then all manners of dead wake up. Like, yeah. we had some some question marks at the ghouls we were seeing. Like, there were some traditional zombies, which I totally get. John Smith, 1882. <laughs> and then we had the 50s ghost girl who didn't look at all ghoulish or, or gory. Yeah, um, but she comes with the rest of the dead and she's equally surprised to be alive. Like, oh, this is all right. And then there's a werewolf question mark. We thought it was a full-ass Sasquatch. I think there still was a Sasquatch. Oh, you think those are two separate things? There were two different wolf-like creatures and one of them had really long fur. Well, one of them was attacked by that creature. What was that character even? They had like, oh, that's just Jim. He's got dogs and he wears glasses. It's some guy that, it's yeah, some guy with dogs that they hire to watch the museum that the kids break into. But when he's not looking, like he's too busy feeding like beef jerky or whatever to his German shepherds, they they sneak in, they get the costumes, they leave. But later on, while he's just patrolling the town, <laughs> he gets attacked by a werewolf, which honestly looked like it was straight out of that Goosebumps game. Like the Dark Carnival game? What was the name of that game? PC game we all played when we were kids. The Escape from Horrorland? Escape from Horrorland. You know that, that jump scare scene where the werewolf like jumps through the fucking glass window? Yeah, and then you have to run through the woods and you have to click the correct sequence of left or right? Yeah. That was traumatizing. That's ex- That and also getting away from the mummy in the tomb. Those were both super scary moments in that game, <laughs> and uh, it was, I swear to God, lifted from this movie. Like, the werewolf jumping through the pane glass window at the shop, attacking this dude, and then, uh, he, you know, the next time we see him, we think he's dead, but he's turned into a fucking werewolf, and even his dogs are scared of him. I thought they were going to be friends when they woke so him up. So did I! They're like, yo, you're canine now? I thought they were going to be bros. It was a lot like uh, all the cats licking uh, Catwoman in Batman Returns, but as soon as he, like, snarls at them they run off like a little scared little wimp they're like yo jeff you're different now <laughs> yeah <laughs> you changed me <laughs> Yeah, there's there's all kinds of monsters throughout the rest of this movie, but the 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 main werewolf that we see at the beginning looks very much like a Bigfoot. He does. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm just going to pretend he is a Bigfoot. Is that the one that attacks them at Lover's Lane or is that Jeff? That's Jeff. Because then- I don't it- know if his name is actually Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, like, like a few minutes later after they're trying to escape all these uh, all these ghouls, they do hit Jeff with their car and Jeff immediately turns back into a human. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's got to be Jeff. Wait, so did Jeff die? Jeff dies. Oh. Surprise. Oh, man. I don't know if we're going to cut right to the end of this movie, but I think- Everybody in this movie dies. <laughs> the end of this movie is a big question mark. <laughs> so while most of the kids are partying down with these ghouls, it's eventually they're and slowly doomed. becoming ghouls. Yeah, they uh, we, we across town we have Phil and Sandy, our cheerleader ghost girl, who's just having a really sad night walking around trying to find her house. It's been bulldozed. There's been other houses built on top of it. Uh, she meets up with Phil, and they just kind of have like a real nice night together. Yeah, like, and she's a real... like, "Fuck it, I'm going on a date." <laughs> yeah, uh, just like one of those like soulmate moments where you just you spend all night talking to somebody and you're like, oh, my God, you have the same thoughts as me, uh, which makes it real sad when she disappears at the end of the movie, because when they have to banish all the demons back to hell, which we did, we find out that there's a plot to this movie, <laughs> like I said, 20 minutes before the end. So all of a sudden, every single person in the town has been turned into a ghoul. We've seen a few of the friends turned into ghouls. The cops have been turned into ghouls. Parents have been turned into ghouls. Yeah. Dentist dad is a ghoul. It's a fucking wasteland of ghouls by the end. Yeah, like, it is. All of Salem is a monster. It's the graveyard in the Haunted Mansion ride. The only person unaffected. There is an opera singer. Opera singer. Yes, he's singing like he's singing the opera from the gazebo in the park. Oh, that's right. It's man. really fucking creepy. It is like a weird, bizarre acid trip sequence of the movie where we're just driving through town. And it's like Escape from New York. There's trash fires everywhere. There's cops that are skeletons with their faces ripped off, just like just like reaching out at the car as they're driving through. It's badass. It's like the purge, but in hell. Uh, and the only person unaffected by it is Phil, who's just locked himself inside his car, and also Wolfman Jack, baby, because the rock and roll is here to stay. Like they so- left him alone because they thought he was already a ghoul. That's true. <laughs> like, oh, he's a Wolfman. We don't need to get him. And also, we would like a soundtrack for our massacre. So we discover the plot. Uh, ghouls are out. <laughs> yeah. Gotta. Got to get rid of them before midnight, because apparently Sandy knows this fucking curse like the back of her hand. She's yeah. like, we need to crush up some bones from the Witchfinder General's crypt, and then we have to mix it with some candle goo, and then we have to get his ring, which your friend stole for his fucking costume, and reseal the parchment. Easy peasy. I don't know why you hate the fact that it's just like, all of a sudden, there's some plot to I movie. don't hate it. I just, okay. I just think it's very apparent and very present, and as a podcast talking about the film... I think it's important we mention that nothing happens until 20 minutes to the end. But if you had a great time all throughout, who gives a fuck? I also said that. Okay. All right. Because, I mean, like, let's be real. What kind of plot is there to the Rocky Horror Picture Show? Yeah, but that's an anomaly of no plot. No (laughs) plot is the plot. (laughs) I feel like we should ascribe the same appreciation of that movie to this one. I think this one's super fun. Man, I just think... Some of the sequences in this are brilliant and like made for TV gold star because you can't be super gory with stuff. The same way we were talking about Dark Knight of the Scarecrow having a, you know, a scene where somebody falls into a wood chipper and the, the exact next moment is a pile of red goo getting dropped onto a plate. Like that's just real good editing that implies gore. Mm-hmm. The scene where Melissa gets turned into a vampire because her 
grandmother attacks her. Like, you'd think she'd be like, oh, this one. We got to save this one. Everybody else at the she party. She gets, she's like, I'm going to get her first. Yeah. she's family. First, yeah. <laughs> first, first to go. Uh, they're, they're in the cellar uh, looking at wine. And she's making red wine jokes. She's made a lot of red wine <laughs> jokes. Like, yes, just something to quench the thirst. <laughs> oh, yeah. So definitely the red. <laughs> but when she attacks her, it's in slow motion. She's been sleeping too long. She's like, I've had so many singers ready. <laughs> yeah, she's got all the bad dad <laughs> jokes that she's been storing for two and a half uh, centuries, ready to deliver to, like a dad, to to a family member who gives zero fucks about these bad <laughs> jokes. But yeah, she lunges out at her with her full cape, slow motion. It's a fucking killer moment. Fangs out, bearing down on her, and she's just knocking red wine bottles all on the floor to imply blood. Isn't that, don't you love that? Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, like, the red wine bottles all start popping off yeah. like it's champagne. There's somebody <laughs> off camera just throwing <laughs> bottles of red wine into the room. Corks are <laughs> flying out. Blood is flowing. It's it's great TV making, man. This movie nails the vampire moments. Every single vampire bite in this movie is so fucking fantastic. Yeah. They did such great vampire casting. Yeah, a lot of that is probably thanks to Sherry Belafonte. She's such a good vampire. When she bites people, like, she gets the fucking vampire eyes. Yeah, like, she nails the, like, all whites of the eyes all the time. It's real good. It's, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like they, they, The people that made this movie definitely loved uh, vampires more than they liked werewolves. But it might also just be that it's a lot easier to shoot a werewolf, a vampire, because it's just like some teeth and some cool eyes, maybe a widow's peak. Uh, the zombies, actually, you know what? I'll say this. The zombies all look amazing. That little zombie is so cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, and his makeup is awesome. It's so good. Yeah, like the He they, looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger. He does. Especially when they give him the the sunglasses, right? But there's there's a handful of of zombie ghouls in the movie that look great. Like, uh, like newspaper zombie? News <laughs> Newspaper popcorn dating zombie. There is a zombie plot in this movie and he is just slapstick comedy gold. Yeah, so many of them are uh, like hellbent on murder and he is just not. No. He's just here to hang out. He picks up a newspaper, he's trying to read it, he accidentally accidentally gets hit by a car uh, and is just prat falling all over the place. And then yeah, until he finds his way to the party, all's forgiven. He discovers popcorn and is obsessed with it. Uh, P.S. There's a coffin in the movie filled with popcorn where I got to tell you, I'm stealing that idea for a Halloween party someday. Snacks in a coffin. Yeah, I lo- I've, I've always kind of had the idea of like doing a coffin cooler where you yeah. fill it with ice and, oh, yeah. and do drinks. But seeing a coffin filled with popcorn was a, a marvel idea. Maybe not perfect for a post-COVID world. I don't know how oh, you... Oh, true. I don't know how you grab handfuls Maybe some scoops popcorn. and some bags nearby so like you can scoop your own bag of popcorn. Maybe we just tell people not to eat it. It's like, it's just for looks. It's like, <laughs> doesn't it look cool? Skeleton in the popcorn? But that same zombie is just having a blast at this party, just hanging out, dancing, finding love. I was like, he gets a girlfriend. Yeah, he totally gets a girlfriend. (laughs) It's like everybody else is here to kill, but he just wants to make out. Which is great, because when you think about them as... monsters that are back from the dead they're not just hell-bent on on killing and destroying they're just here to like live it up one last time like oh fuck we're alive again shit let's not waste this opportunity let's get 
funky. Which kind of <laughs> explains why mo- so many ghouls end up at the party. You're like, wow, yes. everybody's, all these ghouls are just showing up and like not really fucking things up. But yeah, if I was a ghoul and you could just mingle around yeah. and not have to worry about what you looked like and, and terrifying people, Halloween night would be the perfect night to come back for a bit. Isn't that what Halloween's all about? You get, you're, it's totally normal to be as weird as you are on a regular day. <laughs> Right. Uh, that that is always my favorite horror trope. Uh, one of my favorite horror tropes, where it's uh, you know you can get away with anything on Halloween night, like a vampire just like going out to have fun, uh, or any sort of monster just mingling in with a party. It's always it it always works. I was surprised, though, I will say, when um, when Sandy, the 50s ghost, kind of came back and and started her story with the lead character and they were, like, falling in love and going on a date, I was expecting her to have an ulterior motive. I was expecting her to be a little bit evil. Oh, like she was going to use, like, take his soul or, or something? Or be a ghoul. Like, because I, just based on the, the parchment that they read at the beginning, like, based on the spell, mm-hmm. it sounded like the ghouls were all going to be evil. Well, yeah, because they say that all the dead come back to life and anybody else who dies that night will remain uh, doomed forever. Like, essentially, their their souls are going to be taken to hell is the idea. Well, sure. <laughs> well, sure. <laughs> and so you thought Sandy was just like... Uh, like a honey trap or something like she's she looks all clean cut and proper and just like I'm just here to find a boyfriend but like you thought she was gonna like drag your soul to hell yeah well she came back with all the baddies and I don't know I just assumed that there was gonna be some kind of ghoulie reveal where she was like ha now your convertible is mine <laughs> <laughs> she came back just to get a car she does really want a drag race like she's living it up too right like she wants to do all the things she couldn't do like back in the 40s like getting or 50- a second base in the back of that convertible hell yeah like everything that everything that was a big no-no back in the 50s yeah uh she's just living it up it's a real diverse group of ghouls like they, they, some of them want to kill. Some of them just want to have fun. Ghouls just want to have fun, Kim. Uh, and the the only the only monster that I'm real I'm a little upset about is Frankenstein and Bride of because they clearly wanted to have them, but they didn't have any sort of idea on how to do it. No, so it's just two kids at the party. Yeah, and, and the Bride of is just like a girl in a in a leather jacket with chains, and she's like, yeah, it's a great Bride of Frankenstein outfit. You're like, no, it's not. Yeah, well, and then the, the girls go upstairs, they're like, here, let's finish your costume. They draw, like, one stitch on her neck, and they're yeah. like, you're done. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> He's gonna know exactly who you are. She looks a little better once she's dead, because she pales out, and her, I think her hair stands up even more than it already is. Yeah. But yeah, not a great bride of. Sandy and Phil, they get the wax seal. They get everything they need. They're surrounded by ghouls. It's looking real grim there for a minute. It looks really cool. It does Because all the ghouls on the convertible and then Lucinda is up on top of the car like flapping like a fucking vampire bat. Yeah, the entire monster squad is has converged on this convertible. Like, you know it's not a hard top. Like, they could easily rip through this. Like, it is their mere seconds away. Well, it was already ripped through by the werewolf. So there are like hands in there. Oh, man, it looks so fucking good. And at this point, it's just like we just just gotta seal this so we can get out of here and so we can continue to be in love together and Sandy's just like yeah about that there is something I forgot to tell you and then you know as soon as he closes the seal all the monsters disappear it's quiet on earth again everything's right as rain but Sandy's gone okay but 
everything's right is rain. Let's all remember that half of these ghouls are comprised of his friends and family. Well, no, here I'm just I'm just gonna I'm just gonna describe this as as, as uh, I thought of it while we watched it. Everything's right is rain. Those people are all back at the party or nestled safely in their beds. They've been de-ghouled. We've just simply sent the dead back to the ground. And of course, Phil is super sad because Sandy's gone. He's realized no, that she's a ghost. That's probably the truth. But visually, <laughs> everything disappears. <laughs> everything disappears. Uh, he finds a nice little like lipstick written message on Sandy's tombstone. That's actually how he discovers that she was a ghost all along. Because when he gets out of the car, it's like, Sandy, where'd you go? He sees oh, a tombstone with Sandy's name on it, but also like a you know Sandy loves Phil kind of message with a kiss. And then when he sort of you know he's like oh fuck I really love that girl I'm gonna remember her forever. When he gets back into his car, Wolfman Jack's here with one more final request coming in. This one goes out to Phil from Sandy, baby. And it's just like I'm I'm gonna love you forever kind of doo woppy song. He has a little single tear and he drives off into the into the midnight moonlight. A Halloween, and then the credits roll, and we're like, "What? Like, what the fuck happened to all his friends? <laughs> like, everyone? If, if we're to believe the how this movie played out, everyone in the town is dead. He is the last man on earth in Salem, Massachusetts." <laughs> What a crazy way to end the movie. Yeah, all they needed to do was show him like showing. I guess he didn't want to go to the party after because he's like lovelorn, but yeah. Is it still Halloween? Is it the morning of Halloween and none of that stuff has happened yet? Yeah, right. It could have been November 1st. It could have been dawn. (laughs) We could have just had everybody walking around days like, oh man, what the fuck happened last night? Kind of like the end of Hocus Pocus. (laughs) This is what Mick Garris learned while watching Midnight Hour. He's like, we need a little coda at the end where we learn that everyone's okay. They're just all tired from dancing. (laughs) Damn, man. What a wild Halloween movie. I really liked it. Yeah, no, I had I had so much fun, and that original song is we have to learn the non-thriller dance to it. It's pretty much thriller, but like you have to kind of just like forget some of the dance moves because you're dead. Because you're dead. I love yeah. it. No, it's good. They dance up and down the staircase and everything. It's such a fun movie. I'm gonna give it a three point five out of four. It's got a good Halloween bump for me. Yeah, I mean, it, it is so Halloweeny. That's the thing. Like, yeah, sure. It like it doesn't make sense. No, not at all. Like, <laughs> it doesn't have uh, plot structure all that much. Like, it's just a bunch of kids that want to go to have a party. The party gets interrupted by some ghouls. Done. Like, that's and, that's all I needed. And honestly, you have to do. You do have to give a lot of credit to like how commercials play into the story of a made-for-TV mm. movie because like that'll really break it up. Well, yeah. Like if if there's a commercial break, you know, every fucking ten minutes, who cares if you're only watching a little bit of a party and then nothing happens? Yeah, no, <laughs> you're they, just like woo, the Halloween party's back. Right. They knew that you were watching this movie while handing out candy, so it was okay if you missed a few minutes here and there. Yeah, or like getting your costume on. Or, you know, like that that serene time when you've just come back and you're half wearing your costume still and you've dumped the bag on the floor and you're sorting out like which ones are my trading with my siblings and which ones am I keeping all for Silas. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you just want to look up at the TV every once in a while and see some cool ass monsters like doing a dance, you know, that that's that's what you want from a Halloween movie. It also is surprisingly well shot. Like it looks it looks really good for a made for TV movie. It's from the same director as uh, Child's Play 3, eh? Oh, fun. But yeah, really, uh, really, really well made, made for TV movie. Yeah, I was so surprised that it, it's not something that has been on our radar prior. And it was like, what Halloween made for TV movie can we watch 
to go with this other Halloweenish made-for-TV movie. Yeah, I think it would actually pair pretty well with Trick or Treat, even though like the 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 radio part of it is pretty light in the Midnight Hour. Like it is just in the background. Like you have to appreciate the fact. Oh, you that- mean Trick or Treat? You have to be very specific when. I'm very sorry. Not trick or treat, trick or treat. Trick or treat. With Sammy Kerr. Yes, 1987, (laughs) I think. Yeah, it's just uh, both of them have radio station elements. I guess, I mean, fuck, Night of the Comet's got a radio station element. Yeah, but that's Christmas. I've been doing nothing but saying this for the last 40 minutes. I highly, highly recommend this movie, and I encourage you to watch it this Halloween season. If you're just looking for something new that still fits the bill of, like, your classic nostalgic Halloween movies... The Midnight Hour is the one that that you've been waiting for. Yeah, and if you happen to have Halloween Day off, Mm. save it for then. Yeah, yeah, as close to Halloween as possible would be the biggest recommendation for watching this Like for carving your pumpkins or some shit. Hell yeah. But that's just our opinion, guys. Let us, please, let us know what you thought of the Midnight Hour. Really, really, actually, want to hear from you on this one. I feel like this is this is a this is one of my favorite discoveries of the year so far. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at nofs podcast or in the Nightmare on Film Street Discord at nofspodcast.com/slash Discord. We'd love to chat with you about your Halloween staple horror movies. If you're looking for even more Nightmare on Film Street content, consider supporting us on Patreon in our Fiend Club at nofspodcast.com slash Fiend Club. You can get a ton of bonus episodes and content in exchange for your monthly support. And that is at nofspodcast.com slash Fiend Club or patreon.com slash Nightmare on Film Street. Yeah, we put a handful of episodes out every month and we usually have a watch party as well. If you want to watch a horror movie with your fellow fiends, we'd love to have you join the party. That's it from us this week. Until next time, I'm Kim. I'm John. Stay Stay creepy. It appears you made it out alive. But we'll get you next time. Help us to grow the horde. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. More terror can be found lurking on our website, nofspodcast.com. Until next time, stay creepy, fiends. Thank <laughs> you.